Good morning, everyone. This is Nancy Leffler. Welcome to Monday Morning Conversations with Nancy and Dan. We always like to start our show with an introduction and a reminder of why we do it. In November of 2000, our 17-year-old daughter, Leah, died in a car accident. Meeting the grief of her death helped us to more fully understand the territory of grief. We each took our own path on that journey, and we've now arrived at a place where we can join together to help others navigate their grief journeys. Leah's death provided a doorway to our transformation, one that we never expected. Our passion is changing the conversation around grief and helping those we talk to find meaning, purpose, and joy again so they can fully participate in their lives. We invite you to join today's conversation and help us build community. Welcome to Monday Morning Conversations with Nancy and Dan, where conversations build community. Our Monday morning conversations are meant to create a safe space where respectful dialogue is encouraged. Our intention is to promote understanding by listening when having difficult conversations. We hope to offer you resources as you travel your personal journey. Good morning. This is Dan Leffler, and we are Monday morning conversations with Nancy and Dan. Today, we have a guest in our studio, and... As I do each week, I like to select a song that uh, kind of goes with the uh, topic. And today, I've chosen a song by Traveling Wilburys. We're going to play The End of the Line. You can guess where we're headed with this one. It should be an interesting discussion, and uh, we look forward to uh, talking after this. Take a listen. to 
I'm just glad to be here, happy to feel that. And it don't matter if you're by my side. I'm satisfied. Well, it's all. Thank you for that song, Dan. It will become apparent why why you chose that in just a few minutes. Uh, today we are really excited to have in studio with us Kelly Roberts of Sendoff. Kelly was born and raised in Forest Lake, Minnesota. He's married with three children. With over 25 years of, of experience in retail, hospitality, and funeral home ownership, Kelly felt inspired to change the narrative within the funeral home space. His mission is challenging traditions, putting our legacy into action, and unveiling a new narrative for families and their funeral choices. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. Kelly's going to talk to us about, we're going to have a conversation about an alternative to the same funeral. And uh, with that, the end of the line. I recently had a conversation with a friend of mine who's lost his mom, who had lived a good long life. And the way he phrased it was, she wrote it to the end of the line. Sure. And, and I thought, wow, you know, that is such a amazing statement <laughs> to make, because that's not a choice that everybody has. And, you know, do we really have, well, we have choices in life, and how we go out is, um, you know, kind of um, what we're here to talk about (laughs) when you think about it and why not make it a celebration yeah why not yeah yeah why not yeah so um we met kelly at the send-off ribbon cutting at the lexington hotel lexington inn a while back and we were very interested in his vision to provide different options for wakes and funerals uh, funerals have generally become known as stodgy affairs rather than a celebration of life. And yes, we experience sadness, but as Dan and I have, have come t- to know, we can hold sadness and joy at the same time. So today we're going to talk about um, just what that means. So Kelly, before we get into some of the newer nuances of what you do, um, what are... What are some of the traditional ways that we chose to mourn our family and friends? You said you've been in the funeral industry for over 25 years. So you've been involved in that traditional aspect as well before you started doing this. We have. And uh, once again, thanks for having me on uh, Mm -hmm. here today. My pleasure. So for a lot of years, the the funeral 
industry was very traditional in their offerings that they would offer. So that would consist of typically a visitation the night before, a mm-hmm. uh, funeral the next day at uh, their church, and then burial at the cemetery. And that was, that was the traditional model that most everyone would follow. And what changed with that probably about 30, 40 years ago would be the cremation service Mm -hmm. too. And so that changed that dynamic and that model a little bit over time. Even, even so that, that model was, was pretty much the same, even with cremation. So visitation night before service at the church and then off to the cemetery. Mm -hmm. And so that's just how everyone kind of went as far as that 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 option that mm-hmm. path and that was the norm for sure and with that i think recently uh, there's a been a, a whole uh different viewpoint on what options are available and uh certainly some of those trends uh, uh maybe we can uh, delve a little bit deeper into some of the things that we're seeing in the industry today because i think it's uh, important for people to to know and then know what questions to ask you know about what is available um one of the things that we are familiar with and um, as not that i you know we want to call it the death industry but there is you know a, a definite element of that in the work that we do when we are talking to someone who has lost a a dear family member and um well um i think you were thinking about the conversations that we've had at some of the death cafes that we've been to and and how at the death cafes we've been to anywhere there have been some beginnings of conversations about how to have different types of celebrations of life Um, so when you approach a client or when when a client a prospective client comes to you how do you start those conversations good question uh, Nancy and and what is in in the past and over time and what's been tradition is that it, it really is something that people only know what what they know right and so especially when someone passes away suddenly they feel they have to call that same funeral home that they've always used. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the problem that we've seen over time is that the industry only takes them down that, that one path. They don't offer any other options on how to celebrate that life. And we have found that at the end of that experience, families look back and reflect and, and they think to themselves, there, there has to be something better out there mm-hmm than what was just provided for us. And that's where we we come in to play, where we're just trying to kind of change the narrative within the industry mm-hmm. and give families permission to think other than what they've only known uh, over time. That's, that's a good point because uh, I, I can recall your church community would be the, the ones that would reach out and you know kind of embrace you at that particular time. It was a little bit different for us when we experienced the loss of our daughter. Our friends obviously came to our uh, your aid. Uh, yeah, aid, to, yeah, to say aid, I was looking for a better word, but that's sure. really what it is. Yeah, and and that is, um, I'm sure, in tangent with with whatever their 
their church. Like you said, the funeral would be uh, held with the church. So there's interface there that occurs, sure. I'm, I'm sure, with you. Um, what other kinds of, I, I guess, with the you develop associations with other uh, providers, uh, the cemetery itself? and Yeah, well, so our listeners may not know exactly what we mean by a send-off. So tell us what yeah. some of the typical send-offs are. Not typical, for sure. not so typical, untypical, untypical. send-offs. <laughs> yeah, really the essence of our brand is to create highly personalized send-offs for families that typically would take place out of churches and funeral homes. So we have put them into hospitality venues that speak to people. So they would be breweries, wineries, bowling alleys, outdoor spaces, and, and anywhere in between. Not to say that you cannot have a traditional component within a send-off. We've mm -hmm. had a number of those uh, thus far. And okay. so uh, if families do want to have that, um, we can be that provider uh, as well. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, that's yes. so, so a, a full package in, in, in other words. So it's, it sounds like the possibilities are endless. They, they really are. Uh, they really are. They, I think there's some language on our website that that states that really anything is possible that perhaps keeps us out of jail. Too. Yeah. We, we have to be sensitive to, to, to that. We don't want to break any rules, but yeah. you know we we do want to push the envelope a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and again, just just giving families permission to to do whatever they would want to honor their loved one, and and, and those experiences will bring hope and healing and mm -hmm. right. help through the grief journey as well. Yeah, and that's what um, the memories help us to, to heal. So you have a, a memory of, of a really amazing celebration of, of life then uh, in alignment with your loved one's uh, values or yours if you, if, well. If, we, we really focus on on bringing their presence in that mm. space and, and whatever the experience looks like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that that's our goal yeah and it also helps continue on that their their loved one's legacy as well yeah. sure sure what were some of the, the most memorable send-offs that you've um, experienced or that you put together yeah, there there's a couple that that come to mind um in, in our our short journey thus far we had one um back in the spring and uh her name was deb who passed away and and deb deb loved to to dance and in fact her nickname was dancing deb of course mm -hmm. and so we were at a venue in minneapolis uh where we um uh established a send-off uh to be and we brought in her favorite band there to to play and perform and by half hour after the send-off started, the dance floor was packed <laughs> with everyone out there dancing. And you talk about filling her presence in that space during that time. It was just really, a, in my mind, kind of a wow moment yeah. mm -hmm. for everyone there. Um, and, and that's the goal. So another one um, we had recently where um, Jenny loved fireworks. And she told her her family and her friends that I want to go up in fireworks when I pass away. And so we, uh, after the formal piece of the send-off, we went out to the parking lot. And we sprinkled some of her ashes within the fireworks mm. 
and then lit the fireworks off. Mm. Wow. There you go. And just a, another just remarkable time um, for that family and and her friends to, to honor her in that way, as she requested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, precious, a, yeah. Hearing you talk about that, um, something that I talk about a lot is alchemy and, and how when we uh, – um, when we do things differently than we were taught to do, when I do things differently than I was taught to do, I, I, res- I get these alchemical moments. It's like I, I get a result that I didn't expect, and I feel like that's what you're talking about, too, in the send-off. There was a, a – uh, um, it, it was maybe the people who came to the send-off didn't know what to expect, and yet they experienced something completely different. Absolutely. <laughs> Nancy, and our goal with, with send-off is – is to when families and their guests walk out of that experience, they reflect mm-hmm. back and they think to themselves, that's exactly what we needed to honor and celebrate mm-hmm. yeah. our loved one. Yeah. yeah. We feel we can accomplish that, and um, that's, that's really what it's all about. Yeah, that yeah. sounds great. Uh, yeah. I, I love the line, it's the best party that you'll never attend. <laughs> and why not plan that uh, and contribute and again in our conversations that's the the whole idea is that we have these difficult conversations because nobody wants to talk about this kind of thing uh, i don't want to talk about you know uh, when i check out you know but yeah. it's something that um, you know we've got to approach on the other hand you think you may not attend it but i I, I bet they were all there. I bet all the people who, who you were honoring were there in spirit. Right, absolutely. And, <laughs> and getting back to the, the pre-planning uh, piece to end-of-life decisions, et cetera, um, one joke I always have is, is when I'm around some people and, and we're talking about what we do and, and whatever, and I always ask, so what do you think the death rate is in Forest Lake? Or what do you think the death rate is in St. Paul? And they mm-hmm. kind of look at me. I'm like, well, it's, it's 100%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, with that, it's it just people really need to have difficult conversations yeah. with their family members. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. My, my dad is 83 years old. My mom is 78, both in really good health for the most part. And... There's been times where we've had attempted to have conversations with them as far as what their end of life services would be, and, mm-hmm. and oftentimes they'll, they'll shut down and they're not yeah. wanting to have that sure. that conversation. Yeah. And we're in the business, right? right. <laughs> so, exactly, exactly. And so it, we just want to. Our message is to have those conversations with with your loved ones. It makes so much sense because sure. the mm-hmm. death rate is a hundred percent. Is a hundred percent. Yeah, I went to see Stephen Jenkinson in Minneapolis. Uh, Gosh, I guess it's about a m- month ago now, and he, he does a lot of work with palliative care. He has uh, the school orphan wisdom that uh, trains people to be with people who are dying. And he's, he said, we all know the death rate is 100%. We all know we're going to die until we are. It, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, yeah. and I think there's a, a lot of people have the, the fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what happens yeah. you know, after Absolutely. you pass away. and. And therefore, it is challenging at times to have conversations. Sure. It is. It is. And that's why what we're doing is important to us, and that's why the death cafes are important, um, and that's why anything that, that brings the, the 
conversation about end of life into normalcy is really important. It is. We definitely want to be on the, the death positive train, if you will. Yeah. We're finding that yeah. younger generations um, are more more apt to, to have conversations about mm-hmm. end of life topics. Yeah. Sure. Where older generations are, are not. So yeah. that's been pretty interesting. Exactly. We the death cafe we went to in Raleigh for like three years, we were always surprised at how many young people were sure. there. And they were asking such insightful questions. And um, it was just, a lot of things were like, I know what happened with my grandparents and I don't want that to happen yeah. with me. How do I keep that from happening? Sure. And that, that's such a great question. What uh, uh, comes to me is that when having these conversations, you know, if we can keep an open mind and not make it more difficult to have the conversation and not to turn yeah. away from it because, yeah, swallow hard and, you know, um, open Face up a little on. bit. Yeah, you know, Face yeah. Head on. A, the, yeah. the bitter yeah. pill. Because <laughs> right. Or not so bitter. It in, shouldn't be bitter. In, in a lot of cases, once you start having the conversation, it's not as difficult as you think it's going to be. Absolutely. At least in, 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 in my sure. experience. You know, um, a few years ago, uh, Thanksgiving, our son said to us, so do you have a will and do you know what you want when you die? And it was like, <laughs> gulp. <laughs> and so we, we now have a trust. A- after that conversation, we, we got a trust and, and, and we um, – do know what we want, and we've communicated it to him, and yeah. sort of, uh, sort of. We we, <laughs> but we, the conversation is is open. It's it's not as difficult as as it used to be, and, and so I think that's a really important thing to remember: is the conversation feels difficult and insurmountable before you have it, because it's like with anything. Once you have the question. A, a, have the conversation, ask the tough questions, though not like ganging up on you, yeah. trying to get your attention. Right. right. Yeah. Are there any experiences for send off that you would like to see happen, or you're not tied into someone else's experience? Yeah, our, our message is that, like I mentioned before, that really anything is possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the send off experience, mm-hmm. and. I would say that the most powerful time that we can have with a family when they first reach out to us and mm-hmm. we get them in our office or even if it's a virtual call, we, we really dive into what made their loved one tick. Mm-hmm. And that discovery time can is just powerful oh, yeah. because after that, we can come up with really good ideas and inspirations on how to celebrate that life that they probably never even thought of. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that's that's a process that we start with right away when we're meeting with families. I like that because that's really a creative way of um, highlighting somebody's life uh, when you can uh, have those conversations and then develop uh, this really unique and creative expression. And absolutely. In, in that time... Often it can be like 25, 30, 40 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And it's just people are, there's tears, there's laughter, there's storytelling um, yeah. within the family. And that can be healing time as well. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. During that process. Absolutely. And then also I think there can be reconnection with within the family where there hasn't been any 
uh, what connection may have been not there. Afraid. Uh, afraid, yeah. I, I th- yeah. yeah. I, and I think that oftentimes it does take the death of a parent or a loved one to bring people back together, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the the message that I received shortly after Leah died was losing Leah is too high a price to not live the life that I was meant to live. And, you know, that, that really shaped my grief journey. Sure. That, that, that helped me to try to figure out what that was. Right. And um, so here I am. <laughs> um, but it, it's, um, it, it is a high price to pay. Uh-huh. So do you feel like the kind of celebrations that you are – putting together for people is is it are they becoming more accepted in the general funeral in- industry or uh, I, you're definitely on the forefront of this um, of this mission the, the celebration of life term has been been used now I would say the last 15 20 years okay um, more so and, and that's that's great um, what I like to, to tell people is that Send off is like a celebration of life on steroids, uh, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. Um, and so we're we're just kind of moving that needle even further than than what's always been out there when people talk about a celebration of life. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And I know when I was looking at your your website uh, in preparation, that people can plan their own send off. Yeah, for sure. And and again, getting back to that that um, pre planning aspect to end of life uh, topics and, and such. We wanna make it easy for families, for individuals to, to start that process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we were at the Minnesota State Fair this year and that was part of part of the, um, the engagement that we had with people that stopped by our booth is that they could start their send off plan like right there if they wanted to. And mm-hmm. We had a lot of people Wow. fill out prompts that we mm-hmm. had on, on a card like the one prompt would be where do you want your send-off to be and we had different examples brewery park mm-hmm. this that or whatever what kind of music do you want what kind of food do you want and people were having fun filling out those prompts <laughs> and they were actually engaging with other people there too it's like hey where's your send-off going to be at and just kind of bantering back and forth yeah, it was, it was a- really fun and that's part of the the death positive kind of movement that we want to see as well is that yeah. it shouldn't be this this daunting task right why not yeah. why not make it fun why not make it engaging yeah i, I love that because you're bringing that um, element of fun into it before they're even thinking about what it really means right I mean, really exactly. that they're just talking about um what what kind of party they want to have when they're gone for sure so, yeah, and I, and I it really that. gets people to 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 think hard sure. uh, mm-hmm. about, about yeah. their end of life service. What's your playlist going to be? Exactly. You know, and, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and uh, that yeah. sounds like a yeah. We have interesting. You know someone who has a website called Your Final Playlist, and you can go up and sure. upload the the songs now, and it can be played at your at your send off. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, with the with the element of whimsy that that you have in the send-offs, how do you honor both the formality yeah. and the the fun? I mean, how, how, how does that come together? Yeah, that is a really good question, Nancy. When we developed 
the send-off brand, we, we didn't, we had to really think about the fact that and be sensitive to the fact that someone's passed away, mm-hmm. first and foremost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and with that, it, it it's really, there, there's a fine line between kind of um, flippant or even kind of goofy with the brand as far as mm-hmm. our, our messaging goes. I think that we have, it's okay to be a little clever, a little witty with it, but there is a fine line um, with that. Sure, so we feel that at, at every situation is going to be a little circumstantial as far as you know the age of the person, um, how that person passed away, you know, all those factors as far as how we approach with that family as far as kind mm-hmm. of what steps to take sure, uh, sure. after they passed away. I, I think that's probably even more significant in in that pre-planning aspect because if you know i'm expecting to live to be 103 you know but uh i never know what's uh gonna happen and being able to switch from a more traditional to a you know that um more creative aspect of um what could be brought to the party things things will evolve and change i'm sure uh in that I made the mistake of one time on one of the shows saying I wanted to have a pizza and beer at my um, a party, but I don't know if that's what I really want. And now I've got a, a whole new way of looking at it because, hey, there's something that gives me an alternative. Yeah. Well, and also if, if families or individuals were to start a plan now or, or whenever, that could always change yeah. over time too Yeah. based on different trends and different interests that you have and and all those factors Mm -hmm. what about uh, family input he said he wanted that and oh but we need we need really need this have you run into situations where there's (laughs) conflicts that's another good question dan we haven't really had any any conflicts Mm -hmm. over that however it is important that number one that the wishes are followed through on okay but also that send-off event is more for the living, not not so much for for the mm-hmm. person that passed away, sure. too. Right. And so, I, I can see that going both ways, and and there is some some challenges along with that. Um, typically, we see that what's been planned is typically what what or how it's executed. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, I'm. Um, getting caught up into well, what do I want my send-off to do <laughs> and uh you know that was that was one of the things we just started talking about that I said pizza and beer oh, well I that that sounded good at the time but sure. uh um you know what it will be is uh, yet to be determined <laughs> well, let's <yeah>. talk <laughs> you can go on our website and go to the the plan your send-off page and and start that process. Yeah. <laughs> Fill in that form yeah, and, and for have sure. some fun with it. I Absolutely. could yeah. I could see where you could have a, that'd be a good icebreaker. Yeah. Yeah, a yeah, real good icebreaker. Sure. Yeah. Well, you, you had that icebreaker at your at your ribbon cutting. We did. Yeah, we did. That's a great one, and and and, and I love that at, at the fair too because um, you know so often when we go to to things and we want to talk about grief. We we see people do a wide berth around uh, around the sign that has G R I E F on it. <laughs> it's like how can we make it fun? It's not fun, and yet if we don't if we didn't meet our grief the way we did, we we couldn't have fun. So uh, that's a, another topic for a, 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 another day. Sure. Um, but I want to talk about the timing of the send off. Mm-hmm. Good point. 
so often we see wakes and funerals immediately or within two weeks of someone passing away. And um, when our daughter died, you know, certainly we didn't expect that to happen. So why would we pre-plan a 17-year-old daughter's funeral? So, but besides that, we were in such shock that we we didn't know that we had the option to delay it even for a month or two. So what's your advice to people about the timing of, of a send-off? Our advice on that is that there's no right or wrong to, to that, for sure. There's no time frame that says that within a week you have to have the send-off event sure. or within two weeks or, or whatever that time frame looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are seeing now especially with the send-offs that we have executed, that these families want something really, really remarkable. And there is a lot of time and energy that goes into mm-hmm. to all of that, much like planning a wedding, um, mm-hmm. actually. And so we've had a couple that have been three, four, five to six months after that person's passed away mm-hmm. where we did all the planning and then executed that um, within that time frame. So it's, it's all circumstantial. Like you said, Nancy, back in the day, I mean, it, it was typically always three to four days, yeah. maybe five days, yeah. and, and that person was, was buried at the cemetery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. this is WFNU. Yeah, and um, more recently, our, our um, daughter-in-law's mother died uh, shortly after we moved here, and she had a memorial service. She had the cremation um, within a couple of weeks, but she had the um, memorial about a month and a half afterwards, and that gave her time to not grieve completely, but to process stuff and to not make the plans with that sense of shock. Right, and, and like I said, there's, there's no right or wrong to that. It's all circumstantial. There are families that feel that, that they want to have something that takes place Mm-hmm. sooner than later mm-hmm. and that's going to help with their grief journey right other yeah. other families are like you know we we do have some time on this let's let's take yeah. our time let's just take one step at a time right take it slow one step at a time there are no redos we want to do this right and so therefore they might wait a little bit longer is there ever, ever an instance where they do where it's a two-part thing where they do maybe the cremation sooner and then later have the send-off for sure and i think that's one of the reasons why that um with the cremation rate the way it is Mm -hmm. in the twin cities here we're probably around 70 percent or so within our send-off model it's more like 80 to 90 Uh percent and so i think that once cremation takes place then there's really an open open open-ended time on when that that send-off can take place if the body is not a factor or a variable in that. Sure, yeah. sure. Uh, I had another question as you were answering that, that that last one, but it's not right here right now. So if you have one. Yeah, well, uh, I was wondering, and, you know, again, we were talking um, before we went on the air about my, happened to be my great-grandmother and having an in-home uh, service. And it was a three-day affair sure. because people had the, travel in to um, from out outside the city and but it was held in the house and I remember having to clean the uh, the basement uh, because that's where all the food was going to be <laughs> yeah 
And uh, you know, is that something that uh, is an option or, it, again, a trend in? In-home. Uh, yeah, in-home service. Viewings, yeah. It, um, I don't know that that is really a, a trend mm-hmm. um, to to honor someone that, that would still be in the home. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the body's still there and to have a public send-off event mm-hmm. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that I don't. I don't see that as being really a, a trend right now. However, there are, we've had a couple send-offs now where we've had the actual the events at someone's home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the urn is present. Um, we're there facilitating and managing, you know, all the details around that, around that event. So mm-hmm. I definitely feel that that is, that's becoming more popular. Yeah. Okay. What about green burial? I learned about Green, true green burial a few years ago, and I'm really intrigued by it for myself. Um, are, there, are there any places to do green burial around there here? There are. There are, I believe, four cemeteries in the Twin Cities now that do offer green burial. That, that is a topic that, that we at Sendoff um, need to be more educated on mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. as we move along, and, and we're working really hard. Um, on that, we want to be on the forefront of all those options. Um, one option that's becoming popular and is being talked about uh, throughout the state is human composting, mm-hmm. which is not legal yet here in Minnesota. We feel that it will be here in the next two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so just a lot of different options out there, especially when it comes to cremation as well. And so mm-hmm. there is a green cremation yeah. uh, option too. and. Wow. Again, just a lot of different options out there for, for everyone. What about the option of being uh, having a green burial on your own land? Uh, you need to be away from, uh, are there any, uh, what are the rules? What are the, the parameters there? So I, I, I believe that you can have a burial on, on private property. Mm-hmm. That just simply has to be disclosed, you know, once you sell that property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I know that that... Uh, it was something that was popular when we were living in North Carolina uh, and people had their own family cemeteries. You know, uh, but sure. that's, uh, again, I wouldn't think is, is something that is encountered too often these days. No, especially in Minnesota. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, again, the rules and regulations about the... Um, uh, what is allowable it varies from varies from state to state, state to state, and even yeah. probably municipality sure. to municipality. Correct. Yeah. So uh, there, there's a green burial that's being proposed up um, just south of Duluth right oh. now, and I just read an article recently about it, and there are a lot of a lot of neighbors that aren't too happy about the that proposal, just based on the fact that they don't want it in their backyard. I think is is yeah. the biggest issue. Yeah, yeah. One of the questions that somebody had at one of the death cafes we went to is, um, uh, "I want to be buried with my husband, but he he died five years ago. Can I have his um, body exhumed, and can I go in, into the casket?" And I think the answer was no at that particular time, if, um, yeah. in that particular location. Um, so. I'm sure that there are a lot of questions that that, yeah. that you get about um, different situations. Different. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've never heard of that one before. Yeah, <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. will share an experience that we had up in Forest Lake that 
something I'll never forget. Um, so we had a, a gentleman, Jim Underdahl. He passed away a couple years ago on Christmas Eve. And so he was went downstairs um, out at the back patio to light the grill and just tipped over right there and, and passed away. Wow. Mm-hmm. So three days later, his wife, Mary, passed away suddenly as well. So now, we, now we're going to have a double funeral. Mm-hmm. Oh. So when they came in to see us, they're like, Kelly, mom and dad were inseparable. Can we have them buried together in, this, in the same casket? Mm-hmm. And something that we've never been asked mm-hmm. um, about. And so what we did, we had their bodies present in two separate caskets for the visitation, for the funeral. Uh, after the funeral, while they were having lunch, we took them both back to the funeral home and we put them together in an oversized casket. Oh. And um, we, um, we took a picture of them in the casket and we were actually able to have them holding hands. Oh, wow. And so we shared the picture of that image with, with the family and, and it was just uh, really a remarkable experience. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that is amazing. I'm getting the tinglies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you start that, that's, yeah. So what you're saying, when you say everything is, po- anything is possible, you really mean it. That, that's our, I mean, that is our. Maybe not anything, everything. Like Within, you said, whatever is legal. Whatever is legal, <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. it, it, it's our mission. It, it's really mm-hmm. easy for the funeral industry, and this goes across the board with with any business any mm-hmm. any industry it, it's really easy to just say well it's not typically done that way mm-hmm. and so we'll, we're just going to go about it the same way mm-hmm. that's been always always been done and right. so yeah yeah our, our goal is to really really work hard and and um do what we can to honor that that life in in the best possible ways yeah it's that yeah. simple yeah yeah, it is that simple, and we want to make it that simple. We we want your message, our message, to go out to those who need to hear it the most and beyond. Yeah, appreciate yeah. that. Thank yeah. you. Well, we all each have such a short visit on this beautiful planet that uh, <laughs> why not make the most of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah. yeah. So before we wind up today, do you have one one last thought that you would like to share with our listeners? I would, I guess my, my parting thoughts is to, no, no matter how old you are, be proactive on having difficult conversations around end-of-life topics. It's so important. We see when families come in, especially when someone's passed away, and there's been no conversations that have been had like that not only are they they're in crisis mode because they're grieving and now they they have to put the pieces of the puzzle together and and that can linger on for months even years sure after that that death is has happened and so um i just encourage everyone to to get their ducks in a row yeah yeah exactly And, and you bring up a good point because at that moment the family is faced with such trauma that uh, having to pull things together let alone the planning that could go into what uh, pictures and videos uh, if you wanted to put um, 
something like that together to really highlight some of the moments in that person's life. That's there's, a, uh, there's a lot of moving parts. There, there's a lot. Something to like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Had the conversation. Um, document. You know your wishes. Uh, mm-hmm. It's that yeah. simple. Yeah. And so today we talked about um, some. I was going to ask Kelly to oh. let our listeners know how they can get in touch with him if they were interested or, or, or intrigued by his message. Sure. Today. You can go to our website. That's simply www.sendoff.co. We have a wealth of information on our website. Um, you can go old school too and give us a call. That number is 612-236-0141. If you have questions about our services, um, we're here to help. Great. Thank Sounds you so great. much for being here today, Kelly. Yeah. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. So today uh, we talked about some of the traditional versus some of the n- new ideas and approaches to um, end of life and um, had uh, a ride uh, on the end of the line with the traveling Wilburys. Having conversations, uh, again, becomes the topic of um, uh, making our wishes known, sharing our thoughts, and uh, being proactive in a way that will end up with uh, planning the best party that you've never had. I still like that one. And what that means to your family and friends and the people that uh, have touched your life. With that... Nancy, do you have uh, inspiration? For the inspiration today, uh, this is a quote from Stephen Jenkinson. Our job is die well and give our stories to the next generation, to tell them the stories of our time so that we may learn from them. Stephen Jenkinson is an amazing storyteller, and uh, he's currently doing a tour, a world tour. So um, look him up if you're intrigued. You've been listening to Monday Morning Conversations with Nancy and Dan. Thank you for listening. Through our own journey, we know that it's possible to find meaning, purpose, and joy again after a loss. Join us each week as we share useful information to help you develop the skills necessary to meet grief when it enters your life and to show you the importance of having difficult conversations, even when you don't know how to start them. If you're looking for more information, you can find us at our website, beingwithgrief.com.